Welcome to Legacy Women's Podcast, where we seek to encourage women in their relationship with God and one another through monthly conversations with the women of Cornerstone Church of Knoxville. Well, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. And today we're going to be talking about something that I think is a common experience, but something we don't often talk about, and that is loneliness. Um, And the loneliness that we will be discussing is not just being alone in that you lack companions, although that might be true, but it can even occur when you're surrounded by people, when you're married, or even as a mom at home with a bunch of kids. Loneliness may, may be a short and temporary feeling for some or a much longer season for others. I remember someone asked Carolyn McCauley a question about loneliness at a women's conference a few years ago, and she said that one of the ways that Satan lies to us when we're feeling lonely is to tell us that we're the only ones that feel this way. And so um, I just hope that this discussion gives hope to those who are in a season of loneliness and dispels that lie that you're the only one. And to help me do that, I'm joined by Liz Hill and Michelle McKinley and Jen Jap. And could each of you introduce yourselves and share your favorite winter activity. Liz, will you go first? Sure. Um, So I'm Liz Hill and um, we have nine children. I'm married to Tommy and um, we have lived here in Knoxville for about four years and love or loving it. And one of my favorite things to do all year round, but even in winter is garden and just work up a sweat in my yard and just feel how cold it is. And I like that feeling. That's interesting, Michelle. Uh, My name is Michelle McKinley and um, I've been in Cornerstone church for a really long time and it's been fun. Um, I'm single here and my favorite winter activity, I think considering we don't get that much snow very often is that I like to look out the window when it's snowing and just enjoy that silence of snow falling. It is the best. It is the best. Mm -hmm. I'm Jen Jap, and I am married to Brendan and we've been married for 10 years now. We have four kids ages two to seven. So our life is busy and we don't sleep a lot. Um, (laughs) But our favorite winter activity, my favorite winter activity is probably reading by the fireplace, which is nice. nice. Yeah, that is nice. Michelle, will you share your testimony? Sure. Well, I grew up in Cookville in Middle Tennessee, and I came to Knoxville to go to school at UT. Um, I didn't grow up in the church, but I actually became a Christian through one of VFC's outreaches. And really, God's been kind to keep me here at Cornerstone ever since. That's great. Um, Well, let's dive into the questions, and I just wanted to start by asking um, you to describe what your personal experience with loneliness, um, what it's looked like and what it's felt like, and what were some of the biggest lies or temptations that you faced? Jen, do you want to start? Sure. Um, I think the first time I ever really struggled with loneliness was after I had stopped working and was at home with two really young babies. And I felt isolated going from working to being at home, Um, just kind of a daily battle of feeling caught in the mundane. And I didn't see friends that often, as often as I thought that I would. Um, But most recently, and the most difficult experience to date, and something I still currently am weeding through, 
um, is the loneliness that I've experienced since my husband's diagnosis with lung cancer about two years ago. Um, it's really interesting to be thrown into a season that most of your friends and peers can't relate to or they've never walked through before. And it pushed me kind of to an extreme of feeling lost and trapped um, with no one to relate to me um, and feeling pity from people sometimes. Um, at first, you get lots of text messages and phone calls and people visiting and meals, and it's amazing, and you feel supported and lifted up and carried. Um, but then kind of after the news settled, there's just a feeling of, wow, our life is drastically different and I don't know who to call. <laughs> um, and I think the lie that I am tempted to believe even still on certain days is I am the only one who feels this way and no one can understand my thoughts. Um, no one can understand what we're going through and it can just be easy to be hyper focused on my circumstances and how I feel. I forget that other people are going through hard things and there are other people who have experienced loneliness, but those lies can change the way that you view your day and the way you interact even with your closest friends. So I don't know. That's mm-hmm. Michelle? Well, being single and living by myself, I've gone through seasons of loneliness in the past, like primarily as, as friendships have changed or when life's been hard. Uh, recently, I experienced one of these seasons that was more pronounced than maybe even ever before in my life. And on one hand, I really missed people and I desperately wanted to be around them. But at the same time, I isolated myself thinking that people wouldn't notice that I wasn't there. And big crowds of people overwhelmed me, and my loneliness was intertwined with depression and a loss of hope. Um, God appeared silent to me, and I had no joy. I, I really wanted to be done with this world and in heaven with Jesus. So things that I struggled with or I wrestled with in my heart were I wrestled and questioned with God's goodness towards me and my identity in Him, and, and I had misplaced shame. What about you, Liz? Well, I can relate to that loneliness from having a lot of children and being a transitioning to being home and and having difficult circumstances, feeling like you're the only one. Um, and I can ex- I can also relate to just feeling like I just I'm done with this. I want it to be over. Um, I wrote, loneliness can come when I'm feeling like every other woman in the room has deep friendships but me. It can come when I feel like other people in the room have their families close by and mine live far away. It can come when I feel unsure if I have a friend to call in a difficult time. It can come through condemnation, which makes me withdraw in fear that others will not ever like me. It can come like a voice in my head with persistent thoughts that are hard to shake off. Um, One feeling is that I'm missing out, and um, it can get me into a a cycle of critical thoughts about myself that can create depression. Well, um, how has God met you guys in this experience? Um, What have you learned, and how would you encourage other women to pursue the Lord in a season of loneliness? So we'll just go in the same order. So, Jen? Um, I think early on, in our trial 
um, things we've been walking through, I just felt very, I was kind of angry and lonely <laughs> and angry about feeling lonely. Um, I felt very impressed upon just in praying that I get the Lord. And that seems very simple. Um, but I feel like I've learned that ultimately the Lord is with me and he is, he understands every lonely thought I have, every complicated, messy, sinful thought that I have in relation to what I'm walking through. He knows my weaknesses. He knows my strengths. He knows, um, the desires of my heart. And so, um, I think I just, in praying, I feel like the Lord reminded me of just who Jesus was as a person on earth. He was this, the he's God incarnate in a man's body, but he's nothing like his family. He's nothing like his friends. He's perfect in every way. And I'm sure that caused a lot of relational, you know, a lot of relational issues. He probably felt very alone. Um, and then even in his ministry and um, wrestling with what he was about to walk through and his friends are falling asleep in the garden as he's crying out to the Lord to spare him. So just, I just feel like the Lord has in seasons of loneliness been faithful to show me who he is, who, who is, what his character is like, um, and that I'm to be satisfied with him forever that his son who came and took on loneliness and a lot of other things that we experience died so that I will at some point never experience loneliness ever again. I don't know. Um, I think I would encourage women to just press in. I think it can feel like you don't want to read the word and you want to withdraw from people and, um, I've read an article that said something like sometimes reading the word of God can feel like you're eating cardboard, especially in seasons of loneliness or suffering or, you know, fill in the blank. Um, but it's the living, it's a living active word and the Holy spirit in this miraculous way knows the mind and heart of God, but also interacts with our hearts. And so I think there's just an act of worship and submitting this season of loneliness and these feelings of depression or sadness or whatever it is you're experiencing to open your Bible and to submit your uncomfortable situation and circumstance that's hard before him and allow the Holy Spirit to work. I would say press in when you don't want to press in because eventually what feels like you're eating cardboard will literally be your nourishment and it will be your life. Okay. Well, I think, um, you know, in my most recent experience with loneliness that even though I didn't feel his presence, God was near and, and looking back, I can see how he sustained me, um, in all of this, just that, that absence of feeling the presence of God. Um, I learned that God's present, regardless of how I feel, um, in Hebrews 13, five, says that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And that's true because, you know, just like what you were saying, Jen, God forsook Jesus on the cross and he stood in our place because of that. So he will never leave us nor forsake us. We can trust that. And so even in that silence, God's present and he's listening when we pray, 
you know, Psalm 56, 8 says, you've kept count of my tossings. You put my tears in your bottle. So his word shows us that he's gentle and a bruised reed he will not break. And from that, I mean, I'm learning and I have learned. I'm still learning. Um, my emotions aren't reliable and I need to believe that God's word is true, even when it doesn't feel like it. And I can pray for that when I'm doubting. Um, so some of the other things is I found journaling to be really helpful. Um, what a lot of times I'll think about things in my head, but when I write it down, I see greater clarity. And it just makes more sense. And then having that written journal entry later helps me to fight other things bouncing around in my head. Also, when I'm lonely, I can struggle with a loss of hope, a feeling of being trapped and that this is never going to change. I, I like the scripture in Romans 5, 3 to 5. And it says that we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. So these verses, they exhort me to just fight and to continue um, that not only is there hope at the end, which is something I have struggled with not having, but in the process of gaining that hope, we actually get character too. And all of this is because God's working in that, this loneliness, this isolation, and he's doing good things. So be, I don't know, I think be encouraged, even though you, there's no nothing. The nothing is like the vacuum of emotion, but God's in there and he's working. Those deep, those deeper feelings are good. And um, I wrote a couple things that were practical, um, you know, how can, what can this loneliness, te loneliness teach me? It could be that I have not cultivated strong relationships with other women. It could be that God is pinpointing a desire in my heart that is not pure. And through the painful feelings of loneliness, I am made aware that I can be jealous of other women who have more friends than me, looking at them like competitors instead of sisters, or that I'm just coveting popularity. Um, it could mean that I need to learn to open up my life more to friends that I do have or my husband. It could be a season of life thing and that, that it's just time for me to focus in on my family. Um, but I think probably it, um, it, there might not be this clear, this is why, but um, like Michelle said, I have found the only way to get relief from it is just to cry out to the Lord like the psalmist did. And um, I also write down my feelings. I like to examine them and see where they don't line up with with reality or my true desires. And um, I like to find the scriptures that really are contrary to what I'm thinking. And I can just say, no, I don't believe that. I, I remember um, that many other people have had these feelings. Loneliness is you know, been around for many, forever. And we, we, we feel that God is good and he, you know, Satan wants us to give up, but God is there. His love is there and it, it is a trial of faith. And, you know, I don't want to give up when I'm feeling that I want to, um, you know, I want to press in. Uh, well, each of you have mentioned how sometimes the temptation when you're lonely is to avoid people or withdraw. So um, I did want to ask, um, 
how would you encourage people to pursue people when you're lonely? Um, Jen, do you want to, we'll just keep going in this order. (laughs) Circle. Um, When I am feeling lonely, I tend to draw inward and become very introspective and feel um, like the best thing I can do is shut myself away. I don't want to be a burden to other people. Um, I do not enjoy fellowship with others. (laughs) It's hard for me. And I'm an introverted person anyway, but I find that when I'm experiencing seasons of loneliness, that is heightened and can become kind of a sinful thing. Um, Specifically, when Brennan got sick, I found it, obviously initially when you're walking through something like that, you're just processing a lot. But even as it continued and I was more used to kind of what we were going through, I found it really hard to stand in a large group of women. And I would think, oh, they have no idea. They're talking about hair dryers or something. And and I, I don't know what to say. I don't have anything to say. I would, I would struggle in a group of women standing around talking. But then my husband reminded me something, and I don't even think he was relating this specific statement to my experience of loneliness, but he said, Jen, we're all, everybody's level at the cross. And it just reminded me like everyone in that circle at co-op is dealing with sin or struggles or things that is hard for them and fellowshipping with them and pouring into conversation and asking people about their life and how they're doing we have all common ground in talking about the Lord and Christ and what God's doing in our life or what he has done for us. So I think I would encourage someone struggling with loneliness um, just to push in, even though it's uncomfortable. Um, it helps us get our eyes off of ourselves. I think I'm always encourage when I decide to have a conversation with it's easy for me to sit on the sidelines and I can be on my phone or I can just kind of sit in the corner and watch my kids play um but I find that when I have a conversation I almost always walk away learning something new about somebody else and encourage and chewing on something that's encouraging for my soul and um I, I don't think that's coincidence. I think it's just the Lord reminding us that he's at work in all these people's lives and there's something to learn from everyone we're talking talking to. So I think push in. That's what I'm telling this to myself. <laughs> push in, have conversation, pursue fellowship, even when it's maybe the last thing you want to do. That's good. So, you know, I like Man, Johnny Erickson Tata, just she's you know, our hero. Yeah, she's a quadriplegic. She's gone through it. And, you know, she says that when you're suffering, take a look around and try to help someone else who's suffering worse mm-hmm. than you are. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good to have like a friend or two who knows what's going on and can join with you to pray for change. But I do think there's value in looking out and around See if there's someone there that you can help or serve. And I think it gets your eyes off yourself. And then, but also it can be a blessing to others. Um, Recently, I had God just give me the thought that you reap what you sow. And there's a scripture in Galatians 6, 7 that says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. 
for what whatever one sows, that will he also reap. And it helped me because I realized I was aware in the physical realm of, you know, you eat too much, you gain weight, or you, you don't practice your instrument, you're not talented, you know, you don't read, you're not going to do great on these trivia games you might play with your family. But I was realizing that in the area of, of loneliness, that, um, you know, if I choose not to go to a social event or a church function, then, you know, I'm going to feel I'm going to feel lonely. It just makes sense. Um, or, you know, if in the spiritual realm, if I'm sowing critical thoughts, condemning thoughts about myself, then it's going to reap despair. It's going to reap depression. If I'm, you know, sowing thoughts of, well, how do I look? Or, you know, comparing myself, then I'm going to be disappointed. Um, and so on Tuesday, I attend a, co- a homeschool co-op. And, and so I might look around at the, the group of women there and, and um, notice summer summer girl magnets, everybody, it seems to love them, want to be near them. Other women, you know, might be by themselves reading. Um, and both are, are great. And, and I think I'm in between, I like to do a mixture of both. But I also make a choice between, you know, self pity, if I'm maybe by myself or, or, you know, jealousy, and I and I actually put my thoughts on on others, um, because I naturally want to make this about me if I'm going somewhere in a big group. But I recognize, um, you know, the Bible says the flesh wars or lust is after the spirit. There's a battle. And so, you know, when I go in on Tuesday, um, because I know that this is this church I love, this is my community. So I work to, to, have conversations, to smile, to get to know people. But for me, it isn't always easy. I, I think of myself as quiet and, it, and it, it can be really take a lot of energy. I can come home exhausted when it was not so didn't work out so well or or just really invigorated and excited if it was rewarding. Um, and even my preferences might be, you know, I'd like to just be at home doing my own little thing. But I found just going on Tuesdays, being with others, um, that, that that it's a good way to use my time. And this principle is really something I ask myself, um, what do I really want to reap? I really want to reap a life that pleases God in every single area. I really want to have good friends. I really want to mentor younger people to love their husbands and their children and so this opportunity is is mine. And so I, I really try to, even though it's just sometimes a, a choice or a battle of my thoughts, I'm 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 seeking to please the Lord. I'm seeking to to plant those seeds in the right place. That's good. Are there any other practical suggestions you'd give for people who are feeling lonely, um, Jen? I think Michelle kind of touched on it earlier. I was thinking taking someone a meal, like sometimes it's good to just, when you're feeling lonely, find an area where you can serve somebody else and take a burden off of their shoulders. And that has really encouraged me. Um, It sounds really basic, but taking someone a meal or serving them in some way, watching someone's kids for them um, 
or even just, I can tend to feel like a burden to other people when I'm lonely and, and think, oh, well, they wouldn't want to have, I don't know. I can become very self-focused. So I'm waiting to be invited in by somebody else, right? I'm waiting for someone else to invite me into their life and ask me questions about how I'm doing. Um, so I think what I'm trying to practice, I'm learning, this is not anything I've mastered, is just to invite them into my life and to be the inviter. Is that is that a word? Sure. To invite someone over to um, invite someone to go to the park with us instead of waiting around um, kind of wanting to be included or wanting someone to relate to me or care for me or ask me how I'm doing to be that person doing the asking. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's helpful to always <laughs> get your eyes off of your own situation. Um, I just, it's exactly what you're saying. I think you reap what you sow. I think when you're sowing in, when you're when you're pressing into what's uncomfortable, maybe when you are doing what your heart doesn't necessarily want to do, but you're trusting God with it. And I want to know people. I want to be with others. I want to combat this sense of loneliness. I want to trust God with this season of loneliness. I think you do reap blessing. It's just it's scripture. It's a promise from the Lord. So I think yeah, practicals taking someone a meal, serving someone, invite someone to your house, even when it's messy mm-hmm. and your kids are going crazy. And I think it just helps to be with other people. Okay. Well, I love this quote from Elizabeth Elliott in her book, The Path of Loneliness. Um, and it's a little long, but it's really good. In the wilderness of loneliness, we are terribly vulnerable. What we want is out. And sometimes there appear to be some easy ways to get there. Will we take Satan up on his offers, satisfy our desires in ways never designed by God, seek security outside of his holy will? If we do, we may find a measure of happiness, but not the lasting joy our Heavenly Father wants us to have. We will gain the world, but we'll lose our souls. Jesus knew that his joy lay in only one direction, the will of the Father, and so does ours. Pain, as C.S. Lewis said, is God's megaphone. He whispers to us in our joys, speaks to us in our conscience, and shouts to us in our pain. The pain of loneliness is one way in which he wants to get our attention. We may be earnestly desiring to be obedient and holy, but we may be missing the fact that it is here, where we happen to be at this moment and not in another place or another time, that we may learn to love him. Here, where it seems he is not at work, where his will seems obscure or frightening, where he is not doing what we expected him to do, where he is most absent. Here and nowhere else is the appointed place. If faith does not go to work here, it will not go to work at all. Elizabeth Elliot, she acknowledges that loneliness can hurt, but that it's also a tool, a trial, a suffering that can be used in our lives by God to bring about something good and beautiful and much glory to him. And also, we get to know him in a new, more precious way, which will make it worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, that reminds me of of this song that I wrote um, down. It's from Twyla Paris, and it ministered to me when I was so lonely. I was I've had a lot of lonely times, but this time was 
when I was in a new city, I was beginning to be a school teacher and I was about to marry my husband and I hadn't even known him really that long. And I was living with strangers and I was just incredibly, incredibly sad and lonely. Um, this song says, um, the loneliness is bitter. They tell me you have known no parents and no children, no one to call you home. I pray for you, a family within the Father's plan, but even more, I pray that you will come to understand that He is a light in the deepest shadow and the wings of a spirit in flight. He is a spring in the dry, burning desert. He is a song in the longest night. He is the dearest friend while others come and go. He is the dearest friend that you will ever know. And it's true. He is the de dearest friend. And if you know, if you have him as your friend, it makes all the difference in the world when others come and go. I think that after having walked through a, a hard experience and still being in it to a degree, when I think about loneliness or I think about suffering, um, I really think I am at the point or I'm getting close to the point in my heart where I'm really thankful for it because in our loneliness, it is God at work in a very detailed way. Um, it can feel excruciating and dark and you feel like, where are you, Lord? Are you involved in this? I don't understand. <laughs> How long is this going to last? Does anyone else know what I'm experiencing? The truth is there are other people that know what you're experiencing, but more importantly, he has ordained what you are experiencing. And so loneliness or suffering, these periods of time that are confusing or dark, it is such a sweet mercy from the Lord. Because um, I think when you're on your face and you're, sad and you have nowhere you feel like you have nowhere else to turn or nobody to call or I'm in a city alone where are you going to go you're going to cry out to the living God and he is going to delight in caring for your heart I just think it's ordained it isn't um happenstance that you're in a season of loneliness or depression or suffering I think it's strategic and I think it is a mercy because we get the treasure that I don't think I've ever, I have never received the things from the Lord, just knowing him in the ways that I know him in times of, you know, ease and comfort and everything's going great. Finances are good. Kids are wonderful. It's when, it's when the boat is rocked and man, when you're lonely, he is faithful to be there and to reveal who he is to you in a in a very clear way. So I think it's a gift. It's very faith building for sure. Um, well, are there additional scriptures that have served you um, or just gospel hope that you would give women who are feeling lonely in addition to what you've already said, Jen? I love Isaiah. I love Isaiah 41 through 43. It's just the, the Lord talking about him being there for his people in so many different scenarios. So I think that's definitely a scripture that I read all the time. Um, and I read something recently. I'm going to get this wrong. 
um, in a devotional by Paul Tripp. Is that correct? Good morning, Mercy. Yes. Um, where he talked about how we can view the gospel and Christ's work on the cross as being something done in the past where we were forgiven at the cross. You know, we were forgiven. Our past has been made whole. Our sins are washed clean. And then we can look at the gospel in application to the future. Like I will get to go to heaven and be with the Lord and all the brokenness and all these things I'm experiencing will no longer be. But we oftentimes miss that the, the power of the gospel is for today. Christ lives in us and his Holy Spirit is active and presently helping us. And so that applies to us. His power, his joy over his children, his Holy Spirit that he's given us so that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. He knows the mind of God. I don't know. It's, it's here today for when you're, when you walk into co-op. Liz, and you're feeling, you know, discouraged or alone. The power of Christ is for you today. It's for you when you're in a season of depression, for you to cry out everything Mm -hmm. that Christ bought at the cross is for you in this Mm -hmm. moment. And I think that has helped me because I think sometimes in seasons of loneliness or hardship, we can feel like, well, great. I'm so glad Christ died for me. And I'm I'm glad I get to go be to be in heaven, but I'm kind of stuck in this situation. I'm stuck here on earth, and I, I what do I do with that? Um, but I just think the power of God and the fact that He's a present help, He can sympathize with our weaknesses. That He bought it at the cross, that it's paid for for the future, empowers us to live today for Him and in delight in Him, even in seasons like this. I don't know if that makes a lot of sense. It does. Mm-hmm. I think um, scripture, I really, really love Lamentations 3, mm-hmm. where Jeremiah is talking about what happened to the Israelites. And then and the, the first like 19, 20 verses of it are just really the hardship, the, you know, God shot arrows into my body or like my teeth are like gra- on gravel, mm-hmm. crunching on gravel and just that level of detail. And then, but this I consider and therefore I have hope and he goes forward and it just changes. So I would encourage definitely to read Lamentations 3. Um, then another just quote, Lydia Brownback says that, you know, how do I survive the loneliness I'm facing now? So often we are guided to derive our hope from what will happen at the end of time when Jesus returns and we are finally in heaven. And while we believe it's true and we're grateful for it, It doesn't seem to help us very much with today. We do need to cultivate that long-range perspective. It's the one that Scripture gives us, and it does so, not because the hope of the future is meant to serve as some sort of emotional Xanax for the present, but because we are eternal beings. The majority of our future lies in the next life. In fact, our time on earth is shorter than the blink of an eye in comparison. Our tangible now blinds us to the reality of our intangible eternity. Nevertheless, it's real. And keeping this reality in mind puts our life in its right perspective. That ties in with Sarah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to mention, if you are feeling condemned over your loneliness or, um, you know, just fighting negative 
the negative thoughts about yourself. I just want to mention um, how I handle condemnation. And sometimes I have to really battle it with just saying it out loud. Yes, this this is right. I, I am thinking that. And I know that's wicked, but this is exactly why Jesus had to die. He had to die for this, this very thing I'm doing. And so if Satan just comes at me with a lot of condemnation, like, I can't believe you would, you would think this way, or you would feel this way. And, and I just, I, I've learned to fight him off with, with just, you know, with, with scriptures like, um, Romans 8, 31, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with us graciously give us all things? Or, you know, just the many scriptures about him being the the propitiation for my sins. And so that I don't, I can resist that because I think that's really important to do in, in, in suffering or in loneliness, you know, where you might be aware of, you know, sometimes it could be a little bit of, of sin in there, you know, that's causing those things. And sometimes you might have to, you know, confess it and acknowledge it so that you can be set free because God wants to set us free. And so if there's, you know, if that's, you know, if that's something in there, then there's always that hope of forgiveness and you just, you receive his forgiveness and you don't, um, you don't, entertain that condemnation well um thank you guys so much for being willing to share about this topic um i told them it's a little awkward to walk up to people and be like so have you ever been lonely and do you want to talk about it um but as they sent me their responses and as we've had this conversation i've just been so encouraged just that god has prepared you to share and you know in a battle of loneliness he's preparing you to encourage people, you know, and, and as they listen, and I'm, I'm convinced that people will be encouraged. And I just love that each of you are experiencing it differently. Um, but it just the same truth applies to all of it. So, um, I, I did want to finish with, um, Michelle actually quoted from both the books that I want to recommend. There are two books on the topic of loneliness that, um, are good. And one is more recent. It's by Lydia Brownback and it's called finding God in my loneliness. And, um, she, um, I'm just going to read the blurb from Amazon cause it's succinct and good. Um, it says looking at various aspects of loneliness, she reminds us of God's power to redeem our loneliness and use it in our lives to draw us to himself. Um, and then Elizabeth Elliot's wrote a book called The Path of Loneliness. And I actually have heard from several women lately in the church who said that this was a, a very effective book that impacted them in their life. And so um, she lost her husband. He was martyred when she was young and had a young child. And then her second husband actually died of cancer. And um, so this is the Amazon blurb for this book. Um, in The Path of Loneliness, Elliot gives hope to the lonely through tender reflections on God's love for us and his plans to bless us. Here you will find honesty and compassion, not platitudes. She tackles this topic with grace and faith, showing you how to make peace with loneliness, however it has come about, and how to grow through it. Um, so if you want further resources on this topic, you can take a look at those. And thanks again for sharing, ladies, and thanks to everyone who listened. <laughs>